Good morning, blessed and highly favored. This is Pastor James Phipps at Wilson General Baptist Church, May 3rd, 2020. Glad you're here this morning. God has got good things for us. And remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. So we need to be happy in everything that we do and everything we say. I've got a blessing for you today. You get to hear my wonderful voice. We're gonna sing the song, Nothing But the Blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fault I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fault I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. <clears throat> you know, I want to say something about that. The blood. You got to believe in the blood for it to work. You know, the blood of Jesus. Uh, that's how Je God sees us is through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrificial lamb that died on that cross for us. That blood is powerful. Plead and apply the blood of Jesus over your families today, over you today. That's what the enemy can't cross that bloodline, the blood. It's all in the blood of Jesus. And just remember that. And you can make that song up uh, with different verses if you want to, because it's nothing but the blood. <clears throat> I wanted to talk to you this morning about the response of faith, you know, and, and uh, how we apply faith to our life and uh, get it to move so that we can see great success in our life. But we have to believe what the Word says. We can't just read it and say that's nice. We've got to make it part of us. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. So I want to open us up in prayer. Father God, I just thank you for this glorious day that you've given us. I thank you for everything you're doing. <clears throat> I thank you everything that you've done. You're such a good God and a mighty God, worthy to be praised, worthy to be honored, Father. Holy Spirit, I ask that you come into this uh, message this morning and lead us, guide us, and direct us into all truth through this message, Father God. And uh, lead and guide me that I speak the things that you want spoken <clears throat> and not the things you don't want spoken. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. <clears throat> so it says here, both grace and faith need to be combined to see the power of God released in your life. It's grace, it's grace by faith that you receive Jesus Christ. You know, in Ephesians 2.8, it states, for by grace are ye saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You've got to understand that because when you truly understand grace, 
is unmerited favor. You didn't deserve it and you didn't earn it. It's freely given to you. So it's not about a performance-based Christianity. It's about just believing that Jesus Christ died for you on Calvary. That's what it's believing in, is believe that he did that for you and arose and is alive today, sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's just grace. You, you can't earn it. You can't be good enough. You can't do good things for society and think you're gonna make it to heaven. No, you've gotta receive Jesus, but you gotta believe that it's just by grace. It's not performance-based. Like everything here on earth is performance-based. This is one thing that's a free gift given to you freely. All you have to do is believe it and receive it. So grace or faith taken by themselves at the exclusion of others, it is actually uh, disastrous and will destroy you because it's not gonna work. You can't work yourself into heaven. You've got to believe that Jesus died for you. It's through grace that you receive that. You must recognize that some things are from God and some things are from the devil. That's a key thing too. You gotta know what's from God and what's not from God. And you gotta know who your God is. Is he a good God or a bad God? Well, God's a good God. But a lot of people say he's a bad God. Uh, but he's a good God. He sent a great example, Jesus Christ. Uh, and Jesus Christ went around doing good and healing the sick and the oppressed. So that's a perfect example of God's will and God's will, we know, is from Genesis to Revelation. But right now in this present time, that's who he sent. And that's our example. And it says in James 4, 7, it says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You are the one who will allow Satan to come in or not to come in. You're the one that allows that. And sometimes we blame God, but we need to watch our words, what we say, and how we act of for our own self-preservation in the kingdom of God. So they're both listening. The kingdom of hell and the kingdom of heaven's both listening to you. Which way are you gonna talk? You're gonna talk positive on what the word says, and you're gonna go by what the word says, not by what the world says. But if you go by what the world says, then you're not in the kingdom of heaven. You're in the kingdom of hell. You gotta understand who you're gonna serve today. You're only gonna serve one or the other. You can't serve both at the same time. You can't say 10 and 12 at the same time if you're counting numbers. So you're gonna do one number or the other. But serve God, that's the key. In 1 Peter 5.8, <clears throat> it emphasizes, your adversary the devil is as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You see, he's looking for the weak link. He's looking for the, the weak individuals that are not strong in the Lord, that might know the Lord, you might know Jesus Christ, but you're not be, you've not been abiding with him. And what I mean by that is when he comes to attack you, do you know the word? You know, can you remember the word, the scriptures? And that's what you need, those scriptures in you so that you can apply those scriptures to your life just like James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. <clears throat> Submit yourself to God. That means get with him, abide with him, and get to know his word. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me in judgment will be condemned, for this is a heritage of the servant of the Lord. 
And it's not of my righteousness, but it's of his righteousness. See, it's not our righteousness anyway. It's his righteousness that gets us through this world. And we've got to understand that too. When we receive Jesus Christ we, and got baptized, we receive the King of King and the Lord of Lords. We died to this world and live unto Christ. And we're, we're a mighty moving force for the kingdom of God. That's what you've got to understand. But your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may destroy. The devil cannot devour everybody, and he cannot do things to you without your consent and cooperation. That's a very key thing to knowing something, is that he cannot do anything to you unless you consent to it or cooperate with it. And sometimes we do it not knowingly. And that's a key too, is keep your mouth positive toward the word of God. You cannot effectively fight against something if you think God has ordained or permitted it. That's another thing. If you think God's permitted something, how do you come against it? Because you'd be coming against God. You see, you've got to know what's good and what's bad. You, there's no middle ground to this, no gray area. You've got to know if it's coming from God or if it's coming from the devil so that you can fight the good fight of faith because if you yield to it, the devil's going to have his playground. He's going to eat you alive. Consider when the Israelites came out of Egypt. In their hearts, they turned back to Egypt, tempted God, and limited the Holy One of Israel. And this is in Psalms 78:41. It says, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. The Lord is not forcing his will upon us individually or uh, cooperatively as a nation or a group of people. He's just not doing that. You've, you, he's given you a free will. You can do what you want to do. That's a wonderful thing, wonderful thing about our God. You have to cooperate with God to see his will come to pass in your life. You know, that's a key too, is you can do what you want to do, but you're not going to see God, God moving in your life if you're going to do what you want to do. But if you want to see God move in your life, you're going to have to start serving the King of King and the Lord of Lords. You're going to have to put down uh, certain reading material and start reading the Word and getting that Word inside of you. In Deuteronomy 7.17, it says, If thou shalt say in thy heart, These nations are more than I, how can I dispose them? Which is saying that, that something's greater than you, but God is greater than anything in this world. God cannot bring deliverance in your life if you yield to fear through unbelief and doubt. And that's a very key, and we'll turn there to uh, Deuter Deuteronomy seven fifteen through 18. It says, for I am the least of the apostles. No, it's, and the Lord will take away from these sickness, all sickness, and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest, upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eyes shall have no pity upon them, neither shall thy service their gods, for that will be a snare unto thee. If thou shalt say in thy heart, these nations are more than I, how can I dispose them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt will remember that what God, Lord thy God, did unto Pharaoh and unto all Egypt. 
You have to choose God's will. And you know, God's will in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 9 through 10, it says, For I am the least of the apostles that am not meant to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. The Lord extended grace toward the man who was killing his own people. You know, he, he put grace toward Paul, which was named Saul, but he put grace toward him. And we can, we can definitely see that. Um, it states here in Acts uh, verses 9 through 5, it says, And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecute. It is hard for, the, for thee to kick against the pricks. And then Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Acts 7 through 55 through 60, it says, But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfast into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. You know, however, if he hadn't responded and labored more abundantly than all of them, he might have read the report about how Saul become converted, but he hadn't have ever, you know, he wouldn't have ever become Paul, the apostle who wrote half the New Testament and did all these great miracles. You know, Saul went on and he repented and got back with God, got with God and wrote half the New Testament for God's grace. And that's the grace of God. What he's freely provided for us to work in our lives, it takes a response on our part. The grace of God is the same toward every person, but not everybody labors abundantly to see what God's purpose and plan is for their life. God has a plan for your life that is superior to anything you could ever plan on your own. You need to follow him. You need to do whatever it takes to follow God. Balance grace and faith together. God, by grace, gives you gifting, talents, and abilities that are completely independent of anything you deserve or I deserve. You need to discover that God has done 
done everything by grace. What he's provided, what his will is, then there needs to be an appropriate response on your part, which is what the Bible calls faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1 1. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans 10.17 You need to understand that when you apply your faith, you have to believe what he says. You can't just halfway do it. You can't halfway get in the water and expect to receive. You got to go all the way. So I encourage everybody that's listening to this to start applying their faith to small things. If you haven't applied your faith to things, start applying, applying them to small things because there's nothing worse than pray and pray and pray and never see any results. So you need to see why you're not getting results because it's not God. It's not the word. It's something with you. And I found that out many years ago. Sometimes I wanted something to happen quickly. Well, it wasn't quickly that it happened, but I had to stand and believe God that it was going to happen regardless because I know his word was true and I was applying the word of God to the situation. And I know uh, sickness isn't part of the kingdom of heaven. And I would stand on that word knowing who I am in Christ. Whether it be a cold, whatever it is, I start with the smallest things and apply my faith to it. Or whether it be praying for someone when I lay hands on them. It says the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Well, you're righteous through Jesus Christ, right? It's not your righteousness that healed him. Wasn't your ability that did it. It was his word that did it. And you believing what his word says. And you're under his righteousness, not your own. Anyway, so you got to realize that too. Well, I'm going to end there, folks. And I'm excited to, we're going to be reopening soon. We're going to start the steps of getting the church back opened up. And I'll be so excited to see everybody. Uh, in the meantime, keep yourself in faith and receive everything by grace, unmerited favor. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. It's not a performance. It's just based on the word of God, believing in the word, what Jesus said, all his promises are yes and amen. And there's a lot of promises in there, hundreds. All you have to do is stand on them and believe them and you'll receive them and you'll see great success in your life, and you'll be able to help your neighbors. And that's the key, because we're children of the Most High God. So if, if we'll just, I'm gonna close this in prayer. Father God, I just thank you for this day, give you all the glory. I ask that you be with each individual this very, this very day on Sunday morning, that you would bless them supernaturally, Lord, and that they would desire to spend time in your word and apply that word to their life to see great success. And that's what I ask, Father God, that they won't have to call anybody. They'll be able to do it themselves and just apply that word to their life and see you move in their life. And I ask of this. And those that, Father God, are already applying your word and you're already moving in their life, I ask that you provoke them to help other people and to expand the kingdom of God for your glory. And we ask in Jesus' name. And you know, those that are sick, those that need salvation, Father God, I just pray for the sick. I pray that you would touch their bodies, Father God, and heal them and deliver them from their destruction in Jesus' name. And Father God, for those that are not saved, 
I ask that you say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask that you forgive me for all my sins I've said and done through your blood that was shed on Calvary. And I believe and receive that you have forgiven me for all my sins that I've said and done. And I believe, Father God, that you raised Jesus from the dead and he sits at the right hand of you right now, God. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that you come into my heart and I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. I'll talk to you real soon. God bless. Have a wonderful day. If you need to call me, give me a call anytime. Bye-bye.